0: So we're back again um for another
1: episode of Bring Others Along. And today with me I've got the uh the lovely, the absolutely one of my favorite people um, to oh. be around in terms of her energy, in terms of all the stuff that you know she's doing. Um Deja. Welcome to Thank uh, you. welcome to the
0: show. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. No, so there's lots I wanted to um to get into today mm. and I think you know, your story and we spoke about this, obviously, you know, offline, off camera and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, just about the things that you're doing now, but more importantly, you know, kind of what you represent in the space sure. I think is quite you know, remarkable and quite important to shed some light on that. So without further ado, um, I want to paint a picture I would say for the audience as okay. to where it all began. It's funny because I, I read something you said, um, I think it was Vaseline was like your oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah. it was a quote um, that you put out there saying Vaseline was like your first or the, the yeah I think the first thing you should yeah. look into skincare. Yeah. So I want to expand on that because this just brings me back to someone who's got a lot of you know female cousins, sisters, yeah. etc. Okay. So okay. Where did it all start for you in terms of this uh, this beauty kind of space?
0: Um, think? I guess I mean I think I was born into beauty. Um, wow. I remember seeing. Um, pictures of my mum when I was born. My mum had a C-section and like her hair was perfect. She had it all in pin curls and she had makeup wow. on, her nails were done. Um, and I was just born into a world where you weren't overly done up, but you were groomed mm-hmm. um, as you were. Res- it was respectable to be groomed. And, and my mum used to be a model. So she was very into her beauty anyway. Um, and it was just one of the, I, I mean, I was born in Sierra Leone. So. Um, West Africa, quite conservative. Um, and it was just one of those countries or or upbringings where, you know, um, you know, you were bathed, you were vaseline up, you were shiny, you know, it just, you just looked like a shiny penny. And, and well, that was a good thing. Like, it was like, you know, you come from a good home sort of thing. You know, if you were dry and ashy, it's like, where are your parents? Who are you trying to embarrass?
1: Sort your life out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sort your life out. Um, Which is why, I mean, to this day, when, like, if we leave in the house, I have an eight-year-old, I'll be like, oh, my God, go and rub cream on your face or something. So it's just like, um, it's just one of those things. That's how I grew up. And and obviously, because, you know, I've got my book coming out in a couple of weeks. And one of the things that my book touches on is history. Um, and history of skincare and the intersection between blackness and the beauty industry and beauty in general. Um, And one of the things we did look at was, and we thought it would be quite fun to do. And I I didn't actually even realize that post on Instagram was gonna get so much love because people just started telling me about what they were using as, what they remember as childhood skincare. Um, And so that's why we call that post in my mother's house. Um, So yeah, that's, uh, I've always been, you know, the grooming. I, I I remember being sort of age six, seven, eight. I had my own little salon at home. You know, I'd offer pedicures, back massage. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's just it's just I can't separate it from yeah. me. Yeah. Because it's just you know. No,
1: and and it makes a lot of sense, I suppose. You know, me getting to know you over mm-hmm. a period of time. Obviously, I've been you know. Using full transparency, um, your services. Yeah. I guess you all can probably see the glow on the camera. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that up for interpretation. Um, But I suppose it's more, and I'd, I obviously um, would like to know a bit more on the fact that your mum was a model. Mm. And how was that growing up, knowing, I guess, your mum had clearly, you know, a standard in terms of beauty and how probably she carried herself. And you pretty much saying you were born into it. You know, did that travel with you right the way through to, you know, young yeah, adulthood? Yeah. You know? yeah,
0: I mean, I would I would absolutely say so. Um, having my nails done, um, having makeup on is something that, you know, mm. I, I do as a matter of course. I think now that I'm a mother, I am a little bit more relaxed about, say, having makeup on first thing in the morning or something like that. Um, um, because I don't want my daughter necessarily to feel that sort of yeah. pressure Um, so but it, it is something that is very important to me I do like to look put together yeah. not overly so mm-hmm. but I do like to look like I made an effort yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it makes you feel good as well it just gives you a bit of a pep in your step and you know you can face the world I don't know for me like I say it's part and parcel mm. um, of how I want to be perceived in the world and how I come out in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess you look good, you feel good. Um, yeah. As they say, and I think you're absolutely right. It's just funny to me, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, this, that lie where people always say, you know, I didn't choose beauty, beauty kind of choose me. Yeah. And that kind of feels like, like your story. Yeah,
0: definitely. Cause you know, I've worked, I didn't always work in beauty. Mm. Um, when I, I went to uni, um, my, my family, very academic, um, very conservative as well. It's funny, beauty wasn't, I didn't consider it as an option of a career at all. Um, so I went to uni, I knew I wanted to kind of be in business, yeah. and, and I went to uni um, and I actually left, when I f- finished uni I went to work in the city for a little while, okay. um, which I completely hated. Um, and I was always the person, like if you open my drawer, my desk drawer, <laughs> you could find nail polish, you could find hair products, you could find anything but paper clips. And like my top drawer was not about office stationery. <laughs> it was like my little reserve. And I always had like hair straighteners and all that sort of stuff. And it was a running joke, don't open oh, my drawers. And you know, I had no passion for it. I, and the worst part was, I was good at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to be very good at my job, and I was very good at my job, but I completely didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. And it was long hours. Um, I, you know, I used to anytime I had holiday from work, I'd go and do a beauty course. So I'd go and get maybe doing a qualification in nails, or I'd go and do a qualification in makeup, or something. I was always doing something. Wow definitely not related to my work at all <laughs> to the point where when the recession happened I remember I left and and I remember it was it was if you were going to leave a job it was one of the best ways of leaving even I had a long notice period because my boss was just like you do not belong here, DJ. You just don't belong here. You are fly girl number one. You do not belong here. You he saw the um, vision. Saw and the yeah, vision. she saw what was going on. You know, I did her makeup for her wedding. We're good friends. We're still really good friends, me and my ex-boss. Wow. Um, I did her makeup for her wedding and everything because she was like, go and do the things you want to do. Um, and that's what I did. No,
1: that's, that's super important. And I, I suppose, you know, I've spoken to a few people and there's always that moment where, I guess either someone sees something in you or, you know, you kind of make that switch to say I'm probably best suited putting my time energy effort. Yeah. I mean,
0: I would have, I probably, I probably would have been VP by now or MD by now if I'd stayed in banking. However, I would have been miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, you know, when I used to go to work, right? The minute I entered the building, I was angry. (laughs) Like nobody has said anything to me. You, don't, you just I and, and you know, when you get to the point where you're like, it's not even them. It's just, you know, it was you. Security guard looks at me, I'll be like, what are you looking at? <laughs> like, I was just angry for being there. And it's like, yeah. they're not forcing you to be there. You're not a tree. Move if you don't like it. And yeah, he's got support. I was like, yeah, I've got to leave because I'm just an angry person. Mm-hmm. And, and, I know some people might disagree, but I'm a very laid-back person. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm just angry. And even my husband, my now husband would be like, but babe, what's the matter? Why are you so vexed? Just
1: woke up and chose violence. <laughs> yes, why end. are you so
0: vexed? Every little thing, you're ready to yes. fight. And I was just really angry. And because and it was like, it's almost like you 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 maybe didn't know you had the option to leave. Yeah. So my boss was very much like, you can leave yeah. and it's not a problem.
1: No, that's, that's so, so I guess part and part one of the, almost one of the uh, the journeys that I had as well, um, but I did venture into the same kind of career or stuck mm. in the same space. But it's that, you know, I wouldn't say feeling stuck, but like you said, you're like almost- You like don't
0: know you've got the option to, of leaving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And I guess it's, you know, credit to you to, well, to your boss, first of all, but also you for taking that step to yeah. go, actually, I know what I probably should be doing mm, or want to mm. be doing. So, what was the transition after you left uh, corporate?
0: Well, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't straightforward, and it wasn't like necessarily the most financially lucrative <laughs> trans- <laughs> transition. Totally but nice. beauty tends not to be. Beauty is like beauty. People work in beauty for the love of it, not necessarily mm-hmm. for the money of it. And if you happen to have a business brain at the same time, yes, you will make money out of it. Okay. Um, so the transition was very much like, I was very aware that I needed to get my full qualifications mm-hmm. because there's no way you can stand up and be able to give people advice about their skin and all that sort of stuff. If you're not qualified to start with, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm constantly getting qualifications anyway. So it's not, it's not like you, it's a fast moving industry. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you get one qualification and you're like, wow well, that's it. I'm done. You have to constantly stay on top of the game. So the first thing I did was get qualified and get experience. Now I was one of those people in those days, you know, you works for free to gain your experience.
1: Wow.
0: Um, so you would assist maybe, in, and, I, and I got a broad range of experience. Mm-hmm. I did makeup, I did nails, I did, you know, everything. So in terms of experience, you'd go to fashion shows to assist the head makeup artist you weren't getting paid, you only getting paid in experience, you were getting paid in how to hustle, learn the way, learn the art of the hustle. Um, and that's, and, and you networked, like I've made friends that now that I have a book coming out, I can be like, call, I can call up on those friends and these are long-term friends to support the work I'm doing now. You hustle, um, I then, when I actually then did get some qualifications, I then went to work in Salon, which I, you know, again, I hated, um, but I now, now that I have my own salon, my own practice, um, I can see the benefits of, it's because funny, um, there's things that happen because I used to hate my salon boss and there's things that happen now and I turn around to my husband and go, that's what so-so was saying to me at the time. Oh my God. And you know when this is like, you you, you kind of like, now I that like makes it. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I I do get those flashbacks now because mm. now I have my own staff, and my own team and you know, they do things and I'm like, flashback. <laughs> <laughs> However, you do, the transition was all about the grind. Mm. It wasn't, there was no glow up there. W- in my day, there was no boss lady. You know, within there was none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even knew what that was. It's only that's why we're now. I look and I look and I see a uh, boss ladies, and I'm like, "Where's your experience? <laughs> <laughs> you ain't bossing nothing, just, babe." Just up like yeah, you just know. woke up on your boss. Hmm. <laughs> okay, if you say so, girl. So um, that's what I did, and and you know to this day, up until last week, I was still working for free. Wow. Up, uh, I, at my as my husband would say, at your big age, at my big <laughs> age, because you have to realize that sometimes the people you're going to be surrounded by or, and you're going to spend time with where you're working for free is more valuable than any cash money you'll get. Mm. And that's the bottom line. But I, I get concerned for our young boss la- bus ladies nowadays when you ask them something and the first thing they say is how much, what's your budget? And I'm like, you need to think bigger than the cash yeah. men- benefit. You need to think about who you're going to be in the room with, who you're going to be sat next to, because you don't know, in X amount of years time, how that's gonna pay off for you. But if you're only interested in having a very transactional relationship where money changes hands, then you're not going to develop goodwill towards yourself.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's such an important message. And I suppose, you know, it's one of those things where you need to recognize opportunity when there's not a paycheck attached to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And you need to, you know, you are your own personal brand. And the beauty industry is a very small and incestuous industry. (laughs) I can guarantee you, you can send me a text message now. And by the time I'm leaving here, a few people will know about that text message. It's just, it's a very small industry um, and everything goes around. So if you're a completely transactional person where you are always like, you will get reputation for, don't ask her about anything. She's gonna ask you for money. Therefore, you will not be Mm. invited to certain places. You will not get to experience certain things if all you're ever concerned about is how much money you're gonna get. Because people will get to know that. Mm. They'll say, oh no, no, don't ask Shane for nothing. He only wants to get paid. And payment comes in so many other ways. In my opinion, as what's paid me in life, payment comes in so many other ways. And you've got to be of service. Beauty industry is a service industry. You've got to be of service. And that service, unfortunately, isn't always going to be a financial transaction.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I don't want it to be missed in terms of, you know, that journey that you had to go through, almost mm. paying your dues, I guess. Um, yeah, anyway. kiss
0: the ring, <laughs> as we say, kiss the <laughs> ring. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Nah, so I guess when you were, you know, kind of making that transition, like you said, you know, you were you were putting in hours, you know, mm. working for free, you know, assistance and all that kind of thing what was it during that period that I guess continued to drive you continue to make you aware that this is actually, you know, the right path. I'm, you know, I'm not be like this working for free ain't working out for me.
0: really. I guess it was faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yes, I was, I did have some cash in the bank because obviously I'd worked in the city. I had some cash in the bank. Um, I worked multiple jobs. So aside from working for free, I did admin. So in my, you know, say, you know, nine to five, I did admin. Yeah. Um, I had to pay the bills somehow. So um, I, I, I I freelanced in terms of like, I had my own little, um, my own little gig where I'd go to different people's houses and do their nails and stuff like that. Um, I had my own little couch bed that I used to sort of go around to people's houses and do facials. I'd be logging that thing around. Honestly, like my shoulders have died several times. Um, yeah, I hustled like, number one hustler i hustled i got paid you know i was still flying <laughs> i still went on holiday i still went on holiday as you would never I know by it. looking at me you know it. like in my like in my um how i was brought up mm. trouble don't show on your face like <laughs> uh. your troubles do not have to show on your face it's as simple as that which is why sometimes i say I'm like obviously to my friend God, God, i'm broke you know and she's like but you don't look it though <laughs> that's all right <laughs> she's like you're still carrying designer bag you still have zara clothes on you're still doing sunglasses and gucci and that uh, i'm like but i'm broke and she's like ain't nobody gonna know <laughs> just walk in the place like you own the place
1: yeah no nah, th- that's actually an interesting point because we, we were having this conversation actually um offline uh, me and a few of my friends about perception and, yeah you know one of my mates was like Oh it till you make it or make yeah. sure that no matter what you present well yeah um, it's actually another conversation I was having with a guy who, but f-
0: I think it's f- a fine line though because yes fake it till you make it but there are times I have to say hands down it has paid me should just be like I can't afford that mm. just outright can't afford that sorry way above my paycheck yeah. and because what's happened is people have seen that vulnerability And they've chosen to then support you because they can see how hard you are working. Yeah, Yeah, I have, there's loads of people I know in my life (laughs) who I've just taken the opportunity to be like, I'd love to come, not within my budget at the moment. And they've gone, you know what? Come. On me. And I always try and pay that back now. Now that I am in a better position than I was before. If I can do something for someone, (laughs) I literally would be like, no problem. Just just come on me. Um, and I pay it back and I pay it forward. Um, so there is a fine line, I think. Of course, fake it till you make it. Absolutely. Fake the <laughs> funk. However, there are times when just being really authentic and being really vulnerable just pays you as well.
1: No, I, I think it's a, it's a great message, you know, especially I'm sure... You've got, you know, tons of um, young girls, uh, women, probably everyone of every age who's looking and seeing your journey and how, you know, your trajectory has risen to where Mm. it is. And, you know, the question always begs, you know, how, how did you do it? How did it, you know, when and how long it took? And I always like to say to people, you know, it's a very long overnight success, you know, period where Mm because you're like, you know, over a decade Mm -hmm. doing this thing now. And I think it speaks volumes to hard work Mm -hmm. and that work ethic, because I think that shouldn't be lost in, you know, your message that you're getting across. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I think, and I know there's those people who will be like, oh, she's made it. In my head, Hmm. I'm constantly on the grind. I haven't made it. Um, And I talk to my therapist about this all the time. And because I I, I always say, I'm not responsible for people's perceptions of me. Of course. I'm only responsible for what I think of myself. And whilst I can acknowledge my achievements, there are so many things I want to do that I just think to myself, I haven't made it yet. I've achieved some things. I've ticked some boxes, but I haven't made it just yet. But it hasn't been, I mean, I have a therapist, right? It hasn't been without a mental struggle, hasn't been without a financial struggle, a physical struggle. It hasn't been without its own anguish um, in many ways. Um, So it definitely isn't a case of you don't wake up and be w- is where I am. So someone said to me, th- they met me at an event, and they said, "I'd love to be in a, c- a consultant to the beauty industry like you. How do I get a job like that?" And I said to her, "It's a it's an honour that's actually bestowed on you for the industry to ask you to give you to give them your opinion on something. You don't wake up, you don't go and study for it. Yeah. It's because you've paid your dues. It's because you have shown your experience, you have shown your insights, you've shown so many different things about yourself." that is of value to decision makers. So they ask you to then come and give you, give them your opinion. Okay. You don't, you don't study for it. You just keep doing what you're doing and in 10 years time or so, you'll get the same honor. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, I, I want to touch on that because I'm curious as to how, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of people reaching out, a lot of people coming up to you. and you know, wanting advice or wanting, you know, mentorship, you know, all that comes with the territory, the position you're in, but how do, you know, people really take the fact that this isn't something that you uh, are, you have to, like you said, you're studying for, you Mm. you genuinely need to, you know, have the backing, have the support of the community, that the beauty community, and Mm. they have to trust you and Mm. what you say, you know, how is that different from, I guess, when people just think, well, you know, is there a book I can read or, you know, is there just a few people that I know that can get me in a few, a few doors?
0: Um, your character will eventually show through. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you can go read some books. That's no problem. But it's actually being out there in the world um, and grinding and people seeing you do that graft, put in that elbow grease. Um, that's what counts. So you can read as many books as you want, which is why I'm always like, book be- book knowledge in the beauty industry doesn't mean anything mm. because it's about what you do, what 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 you physically show yourself doing. Are you a person of your word? Are you doing the things you say you will do? Are you uplifting other people? Are you working? to better the industry or are you working to better yourself so you have to do a bit of both um so or you can know people yes even if people open doors for you when you walk through those doors you, you're on your own what happens is on you so what you want is a combination of having worked very hard then someone opens a door for you and you go in and you razzle and dazzle them in that room. That's what you want. You want a combination of ev- of all those factors. Yeah. You want your book knowledge, you want your people knowledge, you want your people management skills, you want your hard graft. And you, w- yes, you then you do want to be noticed by someone who will then open that door for you. So you go in and once you, like I will say, <laughs> there's been times when I've, I've wanted to put someone through a door and I've gone, you know what? they're just gonna go and embarrass me there. Let me just mind my business. Because they haven't shown any of the other components. So if you haven't shown any of the other components, why am I gonna open the door for you? Yeah. Because not only are you gonna, because it will be, they won't be like, oh, this is this person. They'll be like, oh, this is that person that you brought.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then you get a bit of a, if you if you do that several times, and so like I say, you blot your copy book, mm-hmm then after a while you find the door starts closing on you <laughs> and then you can't help anybody else, which is why I always had to be really careful who like I'm recommending for staff, who I'm putting forward for staff because if they're not a team player, they get a bad name, I get a bad name and that's not good for any of us. Yeah, yeah. Not good for any of us.
1: Nah, super important and something I actually want to touch on because we had this conversation um, offline about, you know, kind of, and I I think you're aware of this, but certainly the role and and the the status that you hold in the space, you know, being Mm. a black woman. And I was curious as to when you were on your journey and coming up, was there anyone that you were able to, um, you know, that allowed you, I guess, to open that door for you or helped you along the way as well?
0: Yeah. I mean, I have several, um, I have to say on my journey, coming up, still coming up, um, I have cheerleaders of all demographics yeah. um usually older white women um in the industry have taken me under their wing, partly because there aren't that many older black women in the industry anyway wow so therefore there's there's not that many to um to then open the doors, and a lot of the time a lot of people are like they just got there themselves yeah. so it's like it's one of those things you just got here and you you bring all of you in like what's wrong with you (laughs) so they're still trying to keep their seat warm before they can start letting other people in so usually it's older white women that bring you in um, because they see the need for diversity they see the business case for it they're they're hard-headed business women themselves Um, it's only now that the industry there's, there's a lot more um Uh, there's a lot more black women in the industry. Not as many, obviously, but more than before. Yeah, of course. Um, So, yeah, um, I remember when I worked in makeup, there's one particular makeup artist, Bolanle, and I used to assist it with weddings and stuff like that, and and she was a black lady, and I would... Yeah, to this day, we're still friends, but it's really funny. When you're coming up, it can sometimes be competitive, Mm. um, especially when there was a bit of a divide-and-conquer mentality or like only room for one.
1: Scarcity.
0: Yeah, scarcity mentality. Um, However, I definitely think that as there's been more people coming into industry and realizing actually the pie is big enough for everybody. Mm. And we as a collective, black women collective, we just need to make sure we're all winning. Um, I have to say that it's a lot more pleasant. Like we, if I can't do a job, I'll recommend somebody else. We all get along really well. People expect us to not be friends. Mm. And like we are friends, it's we, we talk on WhatsApp, we we share information and all that, you know, and I think people expect us to be catty. And it's, now it's very much like if I'm coming in, well, I know this person, that person, that person, and they're coming too, you know. Um, but that's because we have all raised the game. Mm. There are people who are still coming up who aren't quite there yet, yeah. but. There's a large proportion of us that we've just raised the game and we're all there for each other to make sure that, you know, it's like a sisterhood. If one person is winning, then we all will win. Yeah. Yeah. And even now, like, literally we will all spend time congratulating each other, even on just on social and acknowledging each other's wins. Wow.
1: That's, that's, That's beautiful. And I suppose, you know, bring others along you know as a yeah th- <laughs> it no it is
0: it is really a case of bring others along obviously you've got to have your wits about you of course um but it is really a case to bring others along yeah now I, and
1: I think that's super important because one of the conversations we had you know in me basically wanting to certainly get you on the on the show was you know not just to you know showcase your journey and, and mm. all that stuff which I think is you know it's pretty remarkable but also how can we get more, you know, of this representation, people like yourself, you know, the, like you said, the sisterhood, the network that you are part of, how you guys are championing each other and making sure that you support mm. and push each other along. You know, how do we continue that and probably grow it as, as best as we can?
0: How do we continue it? Um, I think that we definitely have to continue to band along. I think for us, sometimes, and I guess I come from a business perspective when I look at this, what's missing for us sometimes is that we don't have business acumen. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, I hate to say, it, we lack the prof- professionality um, that we need to maneuver ourselves in certain spaces. Yeah. Um, and again, there is sometimes how we continue it. Sometimes I feel that we need to stop being so transactional. We need to realize that it's not always a, again that cash transaction. Yeah, it's not about that.
1: About
0: it's not always about money. You need to be able to. It sounds awful. Know how to behave when you're in certain spaces. <laughs> to put it bluntly, <laughs> behave yourself. Um, you know how to you, how to maneuver, and how to see further than yourself is important, and also. Keep in touch, networking. There are so many times I'll say to my assistant, can you book me lunch with XYZ? Can you book me dinner with XYZ? And I don't know them very well, but I want to get to know them. Yeah. Um, and I think that we sometimes lack the confidence in ourselves mm. um, and we need to develop that confidence so that we can w- have take space in different circles. Yeah. Um, And that's how we continue to push forward. If we are constantly shying away, we don't have the business skills. We don't have the acumen. We don't know how to behave. (laughs) We're not gonna get anywhere. We're not. Um, And sometimes I think that's what, like I've received emails from people before and I'm like, if you couldn't be bothered to find out my name. Wow. We're gonna file this beef (laughs) a (laughs) bin. I am really strict on that. Like, I think I have one of the easiest names to find on the internet if you're interested in beauty absolutely right and um if you send me a hey email <laughs> hey who are you hating when did we start hating <laughs> like i don't know you come correct behave yourself
1: yeah no I, I think you know and that speaks volumes number 1 to you know the standards that you hold yourself to yeah you know? i think we do have to probably hold people accountable to uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I I am a big believer in holding people accountable um, because I just feel that I know the circles I operate in, and I know what's expected, Mm. and I know, and and, and I see how people get on in those circles. So when I say to you, write an email to dare Shane, It's important you do. If Shane gives you his time, it's important you send an email or a little thank you card. Even if it's a little five pound chocolate, send it and say thank you. It's very important you do these things because this is how you are remembered. Remember, you are your own personal brand at all times, right? My accountant hates my hospitality bill absolutely hates my husband he's like do you have to buy chocolate from fortnum masons for everybody I'm like, but it's five pound though he's like i said and, and plus the fact that it's from fortnum masons that's what people see they don't see the value of the chocolate so you have to have these um goodwill skills i call them you know you have to be like i had i worked with my a friend of mine on monday like monday gone and i was literally like she was like what can you do i was like i'm just here to work like tell me what you want me to do. And then she was like, and in the end she didn't even tell me what she wanted me to do. But she just saw me, I was selling products, I was doing this, I was lifting boxes, I was doing all sorts. Wow. Just just be of service. Stop being about yourself all the time. Mm. It doesn't work like that.
1: Yeah. And, that, and, and I think it really, you know, tells you about someone's character when, you know, you can see they're genuinely of service. You can yeah. see they're not doing it for, oh, I'll do this for you. You do this for me. It's like, no, I actually do want to help you. Um, and I want, like you said earlier, I want to see you in, I want to see us progress. And I think it's, it's kind of lost. And like you said, it may come from the, the acumen that, you know, from a business perspective, maybe that's not really taught. That's something that's not really, you know, presented to us probably as early as we, should have yeah
0: i mean i come from a very sort of business family like yeah. everyone if i remember growing up everyone in my family was in, involved in business in some way um and hospitality i mean my mum worked in the hospitality industry so um it was very that was something i i grew up with anyway um and i do think there is an argument and a case for where are. Uh, Generalizing here, where the black community has kind of been in survival mode, mm. you're not gonna learn the skills that Rupert learned <laughs> at his private school. You're More not. <laughs> right? However, when that is exposed to you, learn it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I I you know, it's fine. You may not have spent time eating at Claridges, so you may not know what to do. But when you are exposed to that, don't shut yourself off. And the reason I see a lot of people shutting themselves off is that. They are totally scared, so therefore they shut themselves. Oh, it's not for me. It's not for me. Yeah, oh, black yeah. people don't do that. Do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's not for
0: me. It's not for me. And I'm like, I look, I'm <laughs> like, you're just scared. You're absolutely scared. Go, put yourselves and put yourself in places that you may not necessarily believe you belong and learn about being in those places. Uh,
1: I totally agree. I, I I think it's probably one of the worst things that I hear people say all the time is. Uh, black people don't do this or, you know, we don't do, I'm like, yeah. since, when, since, where's since, the memo? Where, yeah, when how come happen? I didn't
0: <laughs> get that memo? Because I I done in at Claridge's a long time. <laughs> so when, and even, and I'll be the sort of person and be like to the waiter, what is this thing? Please, can you tell me the history, what is this? And like, I'm not afraid of asking questions. Because how else am I gonna know, right? And let me tell you something. These people who work in these sort of institutions, they love educating other people. The oh. minute you ask the waiter, what is this, they'll start telling you, well, madam, <laughs> this comes from this. They they because they're passionate about their jobs and they love exposing other people to the things they know. So you're feeling one way and they're not even seeing how you're feeling. They're just grateful you were interested.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: they want to tell you about their stuff.
1: No, I think it's such a disservice that you do to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in terms of, like you said, shutting yourself off or just whether it's out of fear, whether it's out of just, you know, not being It's okay
0: to not know. Yeah. it is. Everybody was a beginner one day. It is okay to not know. Don't pretend, which is why I said to you earlier that there's only so much you can fake the funk. At some point, you're going to have to be like, hey, I know nothing. Please teach me about this. You know, even just today, I sent someone an email go, going, you're gonna have to enlighten me on this. <laughs> like literally, because <laughs> I was just I, I just put a little smiley face on it. Cause I have no idea what's going on here. So, you know, you're gonna have to, at some point you have to say you don't know, but there's people out there willing to teach you. That's the thing. There are so many people out there willing to take people under their wings and teach them. But when you've got your arms crossed, you know, like, oh yeah, we don't do this. I'm a boss lady, I, well, be, be boss lady. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, that's one thing that I admired about you, because you absolutely are someone who I've actually now witnessed, who's willing to, you know, be of service and help, hence why you're sat here today. Um, so I am absolutely blown away, because I, I really wanted to, not just, you know, because I think it, it's been documented well before I came into the picture, how amazing you are at the stuff that you do, but certainly for maybe some of my audience mm. and people that I know who I Absolutely, you're promoting. You, mm. you need to go there. <laughs> um, I think it's important, you know, that they understand the not just the grind but also how how the makeup is of the industry and, and you know the um the position you hold as mm. a black woman in the industry with mm. your voice, and I yeah, think that's super important. You yeah, know, for obviously, other you know, black girls who mm. are probably watching this, listening to this, and thinking, oh, I probably could be a deja one day.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I'd love to, I'd love that because there is, the industry, the beauty industry especially is for the taking. Mm. I mean, it is one of the happiest places to work in. Yeah, absolutely. Our job, think about it when you come to Westroom, our job is to put a smile on your face. Job done? Yeah, that's our job. And our job is to talk to people, find out how they are, my assistant will testify to this, that I can be in the worst mood, but the minute clients come in, I'm a totally different person.
1: Love that.
0: Because we are an industry where people look forward to come to see us. Like, I went to my hairdresser today. Like, I'm bouncing there. Like, I'm going to go see my hairdresser. People look forward to seeing us because we help people get their confidence back. We help people put a pep in their step. So we are an industry that, and we are one of the happiest places to work in, bottom line. So I would love to see more black girls come into beauty, but not just come into beauty, come into beauty and do the business of beauty as well. Because of course you can come into beauty, you can be a manicurist, you can be doing faces and all that kind of stuff. But unless unless you're super special, Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily going to make a lot of money from it. So then you'll dismiss the industry. Mm-hmm. But if you can come into beauty and have a business brain at the same time and develop a business within beauty, then you stand to have a much longer career and a much more fulfilling career in beauty as well. And you stand to get more opportunities. Yeah.
1: Now, I, I will touch on that. I wanted to, I guess, kind of change gears for a second because one of the things that I wanted to get your take on is you know, how represented we are or maybe underrepresented we are in this field um and from your perspective, I know you're part of some um some organisations mm. um and leading in the diversity and inclusion side of things. What do you think needs to happen, I guess, to I won't say allow, but to encourage or maybe you know, maybe welcome more people of colour, black, ethnic minorities, mm. into mm. the beauty space?
0: I think I think there's a lot of box-ticking exercises that go on in the beauty industry. Talk that talk. Uh, not just in beauty, actually, in lots of industry. I mean, I, I noticed it in the publishing industry as well. Um, and I think that brands and businesses in beauty actually need to take the time out to find out what the stumbling blocks are mm-hmm. um, and to develop a pipeline of people coming, to, coming into the industry. Different aspects of the beauty industry, like, say, for example, journalism, are like traditionally very low paid at the start mm-hmm. and not many black women can afford to go and st- work a low paid job because a lot of the biggest journalists, um, would have had support from mum and dad. So therefore they could do the internships and all that sort of stuff. Um, and a lot of, in my conversations I've had with black journalists before they could never afford to work for free as such. They've got families to support or, or as, as, you know, generally a lot of black people have to give back and make a contribution to their family. Absolutely. You know, you've got to give mum and dad some money every month and all that. So working for free mm-hmm. or working for a very, very low paid job yeah. isn't necessarily going to be something you're going to do. Um, so therefore, I do think that the industry needs to stop the box sticking and actually delve a bit deeper into what sort of schemes would really work to encourage more black women to come into the industry. I think from a practical beauty point of view, there are a lot of black women coming into the industry. Mm-hmm. But what tends to happen is that we just tend to build our own businesses. We don't tend to go into the usual, maybe working for somebody else and all that kind of stuff. We build our own um businesses. So you have a lot of black hairdressers, obviously, who own their own salons and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if we want to get more integration, number one, we need to find out what black women or black people as such, men and women need to function in industry. Plus also we need to make the industry more inclusive from a grassroots level, I f- even just from education. Because wow. I can tell you that, say for example, um, in beauty school, you don't cover things like why is black skin black? You don't cover the differences in the, just the physiology of skin, you don't. So when you have people come out into the industry, they only know how to work on white skin in the main, they don't know how to treat black skin, which is why I wrote my book in a very educational manner. So whether you are a consumer, whether you are a therapist, you can read my book. So even down to education needs to be broader to incorporate more people of color anyway. When you go to beauty school and all your teachers are white and you ask them question about, oh, well, I'm sat here as a black woman. Why is my skin black? And they're like, and they themselves don't know. Mm even then that creates, um, I wouldn't say it creates divisions in the industry, but it leaves, it shows you the gaping holes in yeah, the industry. Yeah.
1: yeah, And uh, I think, you know, that's a point that should be taken to the level to where the entry point or that inception to where mm. people do have a genuine, you know, passion and mm. love or like, you mm. know, to get into beauty. Like you said, being met with, you know, questions or asking questions where yeah. people just can't give you the response you would like to hear or mm. you want, um, or just being able to support you along those early parts of your journey, yeah, could probably deter you and make you think, oh, yeah, this, this it is makes,
0: makes you feel like the industry is not for me. you. Yeah. It Absolutely does. Um, or even when you notice that certain types of opportunities only go to certain type of people, mm. um, again, it you know I think it's a double edged sword because if you don't put yourself out there Mm. because you lack the confidence or whatever, then you're not gonna get the opportunities. Then it is gonna feel like other people are getting the jobs that you want. Also, I think that there comes a time where we as a community need to participate more to bring about the changes we want. So as part of, um, as part of my role at the um, British Beauty Council. Um, so I look a lot of diversity things anyway. And um, we would have like these, like town halls mm-hmm. um, and we would not have, we would invite all sorts of senior black women in the industry. We'd invite everybody who, who wants to participate. And but we wouldn't, sometimes, sometimes I find that the people who who have complaints a lot wouldn't attend those meetings and so it's always like <laughs> if you want to be an armchair complaint complainer <laughs> you can go ahead but you're not going to effect change like that and we do need to be active participants in the change we want i fundamentally believe that i'm not saying sort of brush under the carpet misdemeanors that have happened but you can spend forever complaining about those misdemeanors or you can try and create a situation where we move on from there and we move on to having the things that we want. So there is that too, yeah. where we can ask the industry to do X, Y, and Z. However, if we're not active participants in that, mm-hmm. if, if, I would say, if you have time to go on Twitter to complain about something, you have time to attend a town hall and talk about the changes you'd like to see. You, you, act, you, you should have time if you are that passionate about the industry, you should, and not only should you do that, but you should, and these are the bits of the industry that don't pay actually, you should be willing to commit to helping that change happen. And yes, that means you're gonna have to work for free.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're doing now, hopefully, you know, in years to come, Mm -hmm. it would really be at the forefront of ushering in a new wave of, you know, black women who are predominantly Really good, first of all, at mm. what they do, but mm. actually given the opportunity. Yeah,
0: I sincerely hope so, um, because I always, because uh, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and I always think to myself that, and, and I always say to everybody, it's almost like to some, in some respects, the opportunities for my generation mm. have passed. But I would like for uh, girls my daughter's age coming to the industry to not know these barriers. Yeah. Some of the barriers, yes, are there because of how the industry has always been run historically. Mm -hmm. But I think some of the barriers also are a result of our mindset um, as a community. um, And we need to work to break down both of those barriers. So I do hope that the work that not only I do, but other black women in the industry, I really hope that by the time my daughter is in her 20s and she might want to go into beauty, whatever, I do hope that these sort of conversations are off the past. Yeah. No.
1: And, you know, we can only hope, and I suppose the work that you're doing today will definitely, you know, make that journey, hopefully a lot easier, Yeah, you know, for her. Uh, I do want to um, touch on one of the main reasons we're here today, which is uh, Black Skin.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, debut book coming out uh, on the 25th um, yeah. of uh, this month. Mm. How has this process been? Do
0: you know what? It's been very interesting. It's, it's had its ups and downs, so I'm not gonna lie. Um, again, but it's one of those things where you're going into, in, into an industry, publishing, that you know nothing about, um, and you have to have your wits about you at all times. You have to be asking the right questions. I always say, I always say to my um, PR, keep two eyes open at all times. <laughs> Like and I'll, no, be, like, be, I'll line,
1: be like to be one. I'll be like this to
0: her: keep two eyes open at all times, <laughs> read between the lines when you get in the room. Don't just take what they tell you. Um, and yeah, it's been interesting. It's almost three years to the day actually that my publishing journey started. Um, I was I was first approached by a different publisher. Um, like I say, almost three years to the day, um, where we had big discussions about you know what I could possibly write. Yeah. Um, and at that time again, you know, I toyed with the idea of writing a book, but it's like my old boss. I didn't feel I had the option. I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't feel I had the permission. Um, and um, I, I went into, you know, a journey. You go into. You start off the journey with a publisher. You write your pitch. You write your case. All of that sort of stuff. And it didn't. It didn't happen in the end with this particular publisher. But by then, I was like, Do you know what? I'm not gonna actually let you stop me, I'm gonna write this book. Um, so that all fell apart um, and I, I kept on writing actually. And, and another, my current publisher, HarperCollins, they approached me, um, I think it was August, summer last year, mm-hmm. they approached me um, and at that time I'd been pretty, I felt pretty burnt by the first publisher yeah. and I was like, I didn't even entertain it, I was like, I'm not interested. Um, and, um, they were like, no, 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 no. And we really had a good chat. And, um, I got an agent. Um, and yeah, we took it from there. So it's been a very steep learning curve. Um, not only, I mean, I've always loved writing and I've always blogged. I've always written magazine articles. I've always done all of that anyway. However, this is a different type of journey. And I think that you know, everyone has a very romantic idea of books. Um, and, you know, books are a product, they are a sales product. Um, and publishers are a business, yeah. they are not there to make a loss. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that is, I mean, I knew that, but I really know that now. <laughs> yeah. And you come into the publishing world, and, you know, if you're thinking about your dream book that you want to write. Yeah. I could guarantee you whatever green book you're thinking of, it ain't gonna look like that by the time it hits the shelf. I had so many ideas. I remember one of the first things I said was, I want a photo shoot. I want all these black women. And I remember they were like, they don't say no to you. They just say yes, okay. How about we talk about that closer to the time? That's code for no. Oh. <laughs> that is just code for just, no. Just
1: finessing that no. It's
0: just sorry. finessing the no. <laughs> and by the time you get closer to the time, that <laughs> no long so, gone, you would, you get closer to the time and you realize that the no, you, you even you know it's a no. You don't even bring it up again. <laughs> even you know it's a no. Um, so yeah, and it, it was a, is a, it's, it's a process by which you you then, even then, you start looking at ROI all the time. And my my PR would be like, oh, DJ, yeah, let's do this. i would be like, how many books are going to sell to make that money back? <laughs> because it's a sale. It's it, it's a product. Wow. You That's why I say to people, when you see my Instagram post, don't think it's too much. Just press like. Just press like. Don't be arguing with me. Even if you think in your head, this DJ, all she does is talk about her book. Please, just press like. Uh, Repost it on your... I mean, you must have seen my Instagram posts where I'm, a, I'm quite vulnerable in Instagram, right? And I will say things like, the reason why you have to buy my book, it's not just for me. And please don't ever think that you buy your, my book for 20 quid and 20 quid comes straight in my back pocket. It don't work like that. It's
1: going towards a mortgage. Yeah. It,
0: it, 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 it don't work like that. Books work on percentages, right? So I, I remember my husband's friend said, oh, we're rich now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, even my husband, because my husband, looked, he looked at the percentages and he just looked at his friend, please, don't stop saying rubbish like that. <laughs> because even, because my husband, you know, people think you're an author. So they think, oh, the money's uh, rolling you, in. You rich, rich. Yeah, you're they're rich. like, and you people be calculating. So yeah, if you sell a hundred books, I'm like, please don't help me count my money. Because a hundred <laughs> books, a hundred <laughs> books does not mean that 20 quid came in my pocket. You need to realize that publishing is a business. So, and that's why I always say on Instagram, when you buy my book, number one, you are making way for other black women to have publishing deals, actually. Absolutely. That's what you're doing. Because if my book sells and it sells well, it shows the publishing industry that we are worth investing in. The publishing industry is extremely white, and that's a fact. Yeah. They all know it, and they're all trying to make and they are trying to make lots of changes very, very quickly to the industry to equalize it a little bit. Yeah. But buying my book isn't necessarily about me, it's about the message it sends out to everybody else. Um, Pushing my book to become a Sunday Times bestseller, for example, sends a message to everybody else. It doesn't, even things like, for example, when you you first sign your deal, unless you're like a massive name, you don't get multi territory, Mm. right? So when people start asking me in America, when I first announced my book, and they were like, I'm going on Amazon in America, can't find your book, it says unavailable. People would screenshot me. Do you know what I did to make the business case for my book to be published in America? I screenshot I, I screenshot every single screenshot I was sent and forwarded on. Because I had to prove there was demand for my book to be published in those countries. Because it's not. you don't just get this global release. You've got to be a massive, big name mm. To get stuff like that. My book initially when it was announced was UK publication only. Now we've got Australia, New Zealand, we've got Ireland, we've got America, we've got South Africa, right? That did not come on the same day that my book was published or my book was announced. I remember driving home like a couple of months after my book was announced and my agent called him and go, DJ, we've got multi, multi-country. And I was like, oh my God. And he was like, you do don't know not everyone gets this, don't you? On their debut, like, you do know this. Wow right? And I was like, okay, cool. So at the end of the day, it is very much an industry that I absolutely love publishing. But at the same time, I realize and I recognize it's a business. And one of the first things I remember saying to my team at my publisher was, I'm a businesswoman. So please just give me the facts, serve it to me cold. Don't start trying to sugarcoat anything. Just tell me what's up and I can deal with that. Don't start treating." you know, treating me like I'm new to this. I'm I'm not new to this. Yeah. I'm not new to business. I might be new to publishing, but I'm not new to business. And I have to say the minute I just looked at it as if this book is a product that we have to sell, my mindset changed because I do remember wanting like all sorts of events. I want this, <laughs> I want that. And I remember them saying to me, <clears throat> we can't do events we don't sell books at. Because how does the event pay for itself? Wow. Otherwise, we are putting on events and why are we putting on the event? We, we've we spent 10 grand to put an event on. We need to know that we're selling 12 grand worth of books there. Mm-hmm. And once you start looking at things like that as well, you start realizing that, what's the best kind of event I can have for as little money as possible? <laughs> <laughs> Even you start going, calculating it and going.
1: Yeah, let's get the cousins and the uncles. And the yeah, uncles. yeah,
0: so. Um, it's been a very interesting journey and and it's not it's not things that people talk about, which is why like I was very pleased a few weeks ago when a friend of mine who'd been offered a publishing deal called me and said, I just want to get the real tea mm. and and I'm pretty sure that I said to her, Go back and renegotiate. I told I gave her a few pointers, a yeah. few different ways of because she was just gassed. Mm. I was like, oh, I was you like, in. you know what, be gassed. Yeah. Be gassed that you were approached, right? Be gassed about it. However, also be very sensible and think about it like this that and the other which she did um and she went back and renegotiated because she was she was ready to sign
1: wow really and
0: i was just like uh, uh-uh, let me just give you let me just give you the hot tea <laughs> <laughs> before you go sign your life away
1: <laughs> nah, i think you know we've spoken about it and touched on it a few times actually during this conversation regarding you know just just being able to provide that insight, that knowledge, yeah. you know, that understanding. Yeah. So the person coming after you or even the person that's with you is understanding of what, number one, they're getting themselves into. Yeah. But also how they can truly take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Because um, there was another person that I spoke to and I said to her, I said, how are you going to sell this book? Who do you know? Because literally you have to call them people you know. Mm. And she didn't really have a very good address book. And this is what I mean by, you have to have networked. You have to have been of service to other people because it comes full circle. Now that I have people calling me saying, DJ, what can I do for you for your book? I don't even have to ask them. They're asking me, which means that if you haven't put in that time, that grunt work, right? When you need people to support you, then no one's going to be there because they don't know who you are. They haven't seen the fruits of your labor, right? So they they're like, ooh. <laughs> While as I have people <laughs> asking me, what can I do for you? Right? Which is fantastic. And I absolutely I'm 110% grateful. But so this other girl, she hadn't put in the grant work, not for any reason. She she was just new. Yeah. So I said to her, You're better off actually turning on that deal, spending the next two years. I said, be gassed and be happy that you've been approached, but spend the next two years. Try and develop a network, because when it comes to selling your book, mm. you need people who trust and believe in you to back you 110%. Yeah. There are many things and many relation and, and many things that I will do in the next couple of weeks, which are simply only a result of the people who back me, backing me to certain people, and speaking about me in rooms that I'm not in, to allow me to have the opportunities I have, and I know. In a couple of weeks, people will be like, "Yeah, but it's DJ though. She always gets these things." No, it's not true. Mm. It's not true. There's been times I've not seen my kids. I've not seen my husband. Like this week, I'm barely at home, right? And I have two young kids, right? When I was wow. writing, I was barely at home, and I have to, and I still have to go to clinic and smile and do faces. There you go. And nobody knows, right? So, but I, I paid my dues, and I continue to pay dues, and as I say to this day. Kiss the ring. Always kiss the ring, right? It's not about sucking up, but it's also about being strategic, mm. completely about being strategic and knowing what you want and what you want to achieve in a few years' time and the steps you need to take to get there. So it's a complete... Publishing is a, it's an amazing industry. I love the fact that I have so much insight into it now. I don't have all the insights, obviously. There's a lot of things I'm sure I'll find out. <laughs> However... I feel quite comfortable where I am with it at the moment. And I am obviously amazed that my book is out in two, two weeks now, two and a half wow. weeks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cause I mean, it's, it's super impressive firstly, you know, and congratulations uh, if I've not said it before, because it's super impressive how you're able to pivot and just make these, you know, moves where a lot of the time there's not a lot in front of you to, you know there's not a blueprint you know there's there's, yeah. no, there's no one there going you know come these i'll show you this i'll show you that but yeah. also it's the fact that you're able to you know like you said your friend that called you she's got a book deal or was offered a book deal and mm. you were able to say you probably want to renegotiate you probably mm. want to add this and that mm. and i think that's where you know purpose of the, of the show obviously mm. in terms of how we can bring others along but you know you basically kind of epitomize that in terms of how you're able to because of the position you're in, because of the status that you hold, how you're mm-hmm. able to bring other yeah. people. You I know, spent,
0: the at journey. the start of my journey in publishing, I spent a lot of time complaining to my team. How come nobody tells you this shit? <laughs> I honestly, I spent, I'd be like, why the, why the freaking hell? Why don't anybody talk about this stuff? Mm. How come? Nobody tells you this stuff. And you just got to find out on your own. And I just kind of made a decision that whatever I find out, <laughs> I'm telling everybody. <laughs> Which is why I'm able to say, mm. and obviously, you have to have your own backbone, right? You have to have your own wits about you as well. I can't give you all the tea. As I say, cook your own <laughs> sauce. However, I will give you enough for you to go away to think about. Now it's up to you whether you choose to go and negotiate, mm. right? I have my own deal, I know what I'm doing. Um, so I, but I will give you enough to say, maybe look at it like this or look at it like that. I'm not going to tell you to say yes or no, that's not my place. Mm. but I'm going to give you a few pointers. And I have to say, no one gave me pointers. Actually, no one black gave me pointers. I I have white friends in the industry who that's what I always say. My mentors in the main in the beauty industry are older white women, mm-hmm. who actually were like, "Deja," or I know I can pick up the phone and be like, "Oh, this has happened." They're like, "Oh, just tell them this. Just, just say this, <laughs> right?" And which is why I just made a deal with myself: I will pay it forward to anyone who asks me, yeah. right? So I will always, um, like I say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you blueprints because I. I can not do things my own way. And you could only do things your own way. But I'll give you a few things to think about. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's still amazing. Like, it's an absolute achievement to have a book published. Absolute achievement. It's huge. To go through it. And I'm sure, like, people around me can testify. <laughs> they all felt it. <laughs> they all felt it. Um, but... Um, if you do get the opportunity to, um, and you believe in yourself, I think you you should, absolutely. Just be just know that it's whatever romantic ideas you have about it, just realise that at the end of the day, if you want your book to do well and you want all the accolades of, of having a best selling book is on your shoulders, mm. you've got to do the grind work. You've got to wake up at four you've got to you know whatever it is as I would say I will do whatever it takes to sell my books long as it's legal <laughs> it's as simple as that
1: oh I love the grind nah and I guess in terms of the actual book and you know I'm sure hearing this lots of people are going to be you know, very excited and, and they're looking forward to it. What are some of the, um, the, the gems and you know, those things, what are people going to take away from the book? First of all, what okay. of the gems you're dropping in the book?
0: Um, so the book is basically almost two books in one. It's part, a practical skincare guide as in things like what makes black skin black, how to choose the right cleanser for you, some of the common conditions that you'll find on black skin. So for example, on black men, you might get razor bumps, you might get the bumps at the back of the head. Um, Why is black skin prone to certain types of conditions like keloid scarring, for example. So there's some very practical elements in there. Um, There's practical, there's information like how do you choose your treatment or what do you need to know about treatments and why, for example, you know, you may feel that certain treatments aren't for you um, so there's a very practical, like you will always have that book on the side. Go, oh yeah, I heard about this. Let me just check it. So it's a very practical guide. The other half of it is, I always describe it as a historical look through skincare in terms of the relationship with the Black community. So we look at things like how how did we go from black skin being an absolute from black being an absolute royal color. To them becoming something that was seen as less than. Yeah. Um, what what are the origins of that? We I look through the 1960s, the civil rights movement, the Jim Crow laws, um, Black Hollywood. Um, how did we get to a point where black was not seen as beautiful? How did you get to a point where, say, um, a white woman could have lip fillers? to make her lips bigger, but yet my lips are insufficient as they are. Meanwhile, we've got someone trying to copy the size of my lips, but it's all right on her, but it's not right on me. And the only difference is one's white, one's black. We, I look at things like that. So the intersection of blackness and the beauty industry. I look at how brands have performed in relation to black beauty. Um, and I look at how we move forward. So that's why I say, um, It's a very practical guide, yes, but it's also, especially for anyone who works in the industry, but you're non-black, it's very much a tool to arm you with some cultural knowledge um, as to why things are the way they are and how we can move on. So whether you be a brand owner, whether you work in PR, whether you work, um, it could be that you're a white woman, but your partner's black, Mm. or you have a mixed race kid. It could be any of those things. So, when people say to me, Is your book just for black women? I always go, No, it's written in the image of black women, mm-hmm. but it's actually for everybody who has a stake in the beauty industry as well. Yeah. Um, and also for anyone who's just really interested in the history of blackness. Yeah, love that. Um, so, that's what people can take away. There's going to be so many things that people read, especially in the historical section, and go, didn't know that. Mm. There's going to be so many gems yeah. that people are just like, and when next time they walk into Selfridges after reading that book, they're going to have their wits about them or not just Selfridges. I mean, any department store to be honest, but they're going to be a bit more, they're going to be a bit more grounded yeah. in what they see and how, how it's going to change how you just even look at playing at advert on telly. Wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm I'm super excited. I I can't wait to grab the book because I think you you mentioned it just now. But one of the things that I heard you talk about was, you know, the the historical role of blackness and the mm. relationship to beauty. And I mm-hmm. think it's almost I wouldn't say lost, but it's almost one of those things like you explain. How did we get to a a, a stage where blackness is viewed as lesser than you know? And I think it's so important, especially in the, the times we're living in with social media and you know how, I guess, kids, let's say, Mm. you know, their perception of beauty is is definitely warped and, you know, what it should be and Mm. shouldn't be, blah, blah, blah. I think this is really a book, hopefully, that can, you know, probably bring them back to, and then we're talking, obviously, about, you know, black um, kids, how they can be brought back to a time where blackness was really celebrated. Yeah. You know, and it was really something to be, you know, was something was really powerful. Mm. And I think that's really something that I'm looking forward to reading the book and sharing with, you know, my, my daughter. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There's going to be names of people you read in the book and you're going to be like, you, I had no idea about this. And you can share it with your family and your children um, and really galvanizes them. I have to say, if someone asked me, a journalist asked me the other day, what did, how does writing your book or having written those history sections, how does that make you feel? And I was like, it just makes me more galvanized. Mm -hmm. It just makes me uh, more stable, more grounded in my beauty Mm -hmm. um, and my blackness. It just really, it just makes you want to fight for it more because you do go through periods of erasure where at the moment there's this sort of view that beauty is um, (laughs) um, non-racialized and you can have like this nondescript sort of cookie cutter version, stroke maybe Kim Kardashian, stroke Jesse Nelson. Like you can't tell ambiguous beauty, mm-hmm. ambiguous racial beauty. they
1: kind of just threading that line. Yeah.
0: Basically. And it makes me like, be like, uh, n- no, I'm gonna just carry my Afro hair actually. Uh, I am going to put lip gloss on my lips and make them even more voluptuous. I am going to, do you know what I mean? It just makes you so much more like, I'm going to be black, 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 black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be black, blackity black. I'm going to be. It just, it just kind of makes you a bit more like, don't mess with me. Yeah. Because you have to know where you're coming from, right? Absolutely. To know where you're going. Because so for me, it galvanized me so much more. Um, and it galvanized me for my daughter to like, you know, my my daughter say, oh, mommy, why are you always like, wait, why why do you wear like, if you're gonna wear a wig, why do you wear an Afro wig? What's the point? I'm like, cause it's beautiful. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, why wouldn't I wear an Afro wig? Why do I have to wear a straight wig? Mm. You know, and it's great to have all the choices available to you to do different looks straight. I mean, I've just like blow dried my hair straight today. Right. And tomorrow it'll be curly again, but it's great to have all those choices available to you. But, What I found in the process of writing my book for black women coming up, there was only one choice. Be as Eurocentric as possible to be accepted. While I'm much more now like galvanized, I can be any damn which way. (laughs) I don't need to be straight hair, straight nose. That's not me. I was born in Africa. I'm West African. I'm Sierra Leonean. I have a flat nose and that's okay
1: absolutely and, and like I said you know that message is it really speaks volumes and it's is pretty powerful because we do have this you know perception of what beauty should or you know needs to look like mm. from you know modern day society yeah. like you said it's quite ambiguous it's, it's this
0: yeah that, don't be black don't be too black yeah. but you don't be white either because you're not white <laughs> but just be this in between which is not real either like, yeah, you know, it's like back in there when people be like, JLo from the block. like, <laughs> But black girls don't be walking around the block with big bumps <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> like, how is this new? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's yeah, it, it's it's almost comical in a way when you really, really think about it. Like even the, you know, the example you gave with, you know, how um, predominantly white women today would, you know, be putting fillers in their lips yeah. and stuff like that. And this stuff, you know, I've grown up with, I've seen in mm. my community, in the culture, mm. it's been you know, almost shunned upon, always yeah. like, oh, no, that's that's yeah. not, but you, yeah. know, you go over here and suddenly you're celebrated. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it really does begs the question, and I'm really pleased that you've got so much historical references yeah. and things of, yeah. you know, how, um, I guess, amazing and how beautiful, mm. you know, blackness mm. really is and yeah. how it should be celebrated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I definitely was adamant I am not writing a book just about choosing your face wash, like I, I th- I'm just not, and I really wanted to. I remember my editor being like, "So we have a bit of a problem," and I was like, "Cause obviously I knew I knew it was going to come up." I was like, "What's the problem?" And she was like, "Well, this is awesome. Like two books in one. Do we put it at the front? Do we put it at the back? You know, how do we do it?" And we've done it in a really interesting way because it is the history section is very different, yeah. you know. So, but we've done it in in a very interesting way in which it really ties in well with the whole structure of the book. Yeah, um, yeah I'm just oh. really excited to see everyone's, cause one thing me being gassed, right? Like, <laughs> I guess people can see on social, I'll be like, do you know I wrote a book? <laughs> <laughs> do you know I wrote a book? Did you find out yet? Just in case you didn't know, I wrote a book. Oh, um, but what I am really excited about is black women getting the book and it lands on their doorstep because If you've already pre-ordered, it will land, I think you get it a couple of days in advance. Um, And just seeing people just, I hope, be really happy, that yes, they've got this practical skincare guide, but they've also got this section that really just helps them, just reinforces who they are. Especially in an industry that's always kind of been like, seven white models, one black one, and that's the quota. In an industry that's sort of said to them, we're just going to borrow all your features and put them on the white women mm. and then we'll just have you in the back somewhere. I just really hope they can wake up on that morning in a couple of weeks time and just be like, Do you know what? I'm beautiful and don't you forget that. Yeah. I have a history. Don't you forget that. And I just hope that my sincere wish is that people pick that up in the book. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, these, look, Um, you know how I feel about you and how the work that you're doing, I think is, absolutely amazing um and i think we can probably carry on about this for another hour because you know i
0: wrote a book i could talk about this i could be talking about this a long time because i wrote a book and you know what it's one of those things i'm like it "It took me so damn long you're gonna hear about it i don't care if you turn the volume off if you don't want to hear it but i wrote a book so yeah we could talk about it all day but i respect your time
1: Uh, no look i i you know maybe we do a part two but especially when the books are out but i think you know for today's you know conversation i really wanted to hopefully give the audience and everyone watching an insight into your journey you know into yeah. the platform and into the business that you've built you know i think it's just remarkable you know how you've navigated in the industry which from what you've explained today Well done.
0: (laughs) You know, I love, I love the beauty industry. I love the people who work in beauty industry. Um, I think we, we form a really tight circle around each other. Mm. Um, And it really is an industry I'm very proud to be a part of. Um, And yeah, if you are willing to grind, do the hard work, it's an industry that absolutely pays. We look after each other in the beauty industry. We look after other people. Yeah. But we look after our own as well.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I think you know that's a a great way to end it because you know I think you've embodied everything that this show is about, which is bringing others along, and hopefully that we can you know through your book, through your work, your mentorship, you know all of the things that you're doing in the community, you know we can get a lot more uh, yeah. people like yourself you absolutely flying the flag and yeah, opening the door for for others so. Yeah, but um, before we wrap up, there's just mm. one last question. And I always put this forward to the guests, which is, you know, who would you like to bring along? So from your perspective, someone who can sit in that seat and, you know, have a conversation to where mm. their journey and, you know, their story can be inspiring to others as well.
0: I think more than who would I like to bring along, I think I, I can explain to you the kind of person Absolutely. or personality I'd bring along. Um, I'd bring along someone who understands that they themselves are a brand mm-hmm. and how they show up in the world is what counts. Someone who um, isn't afraid of hard work. Someone who understands the power of their word and doing the things they say they will do. Someone who isn't afraid of learning. Mm. Someone who... I always say ego is the enemy. Um, someone who can park their ego and, and uh, they, they say you can, if, if you want to progress in life, you can either go on your own or you can go with people. Yeah. Someone who's able to get along with people. Um, I'd bring along um, someone who is in it for more than themselves. Yeah. That's the sort of person I bring along. Um, and that could be anybody of any background, of any heritage. Um, of course, yes, I like to see black women win, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I'm more interested in bringing certain types of personalities along that add to the party mm-hmm. rather than just take away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. well said. Well, uh remind the uh the audience once again when the book is, the
0: book is so out. black skin the definitive skincare guide is out on the 25th of november mm-hmm. in all good bookstores wherever you buy your books it's also out on audio um which i read myself <laughs> um so that's out already uh, it's out it'll be out on the 25th as well um yeah and it's on ebook as well
1: so once again, um, thank everyone for listening. Everyone who's reached out, who is, uh, supporting the show, um, all of the well wishes and people who were obviously taking value from these conversations. I think today's was unbelievable. Oh, um, thank you. Loads of gems, loads of, you know, practical stuff that people can hopefully go away and do as well. Mm. Um, and like I said, I think you're an inspiration and I think you're definitely flying a flag in a space where we're not usually well represented, but it's good to see that you are the representation thank you so i appreciate you coming on the show and um i'll obviously plug the socials and uh links to westroom uh, um the, your favorite place, my favorite second place. favorite place, Please. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and obviously, where you can get the book when it's out, and all of the socials for Deja that you can go and follow, keep up to date with what she's doing. She's absolutely hilarious on, uh, <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I'm uh, your regular class clown, aren't I? <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love that But no, I think, you know, once again, I'm super, super grateful you agreed to this. No,
0: I'm I'm honoured you asked me. Like I said, I was like, yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Wouldn't have missed it. I I definitely, definitely would like to do this again. But
1: um, on that note, I want to make sure that everyone is aware of the the, the master classes and different things that we've got coming up with a lot of the guests. Um, Some really interesting episodes that we've got Mm. coming up as well. And like you said, practical ways that we can help, you know, teach and improve and push the culture forward. Yeah. Um, And I enjoy sitting down with people like you who definitely are doing that. So thank you once again thank Um, you and that's a wrap thank you all for listening and see you on the next one (laughs) bye guys